Welcome, everyone. I am uh, really uh, excited that you are joining us here today, uh, joining Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis, and I'm excited about my guest today. We're we're going to have fun. We're already having fun, and we haven't been on the show yet. But my next guest heads the largest association for women working in cannabis, psychedelics, hemp, and CBD. She was named a social media pioneer by Entrepreneur Magazine. Now, I will just tell you, Pioneer takes entrepreneurialism to a whole different level. So uh, I love that, that she was named a pioneer by Entrepreneur Magazine. Her activism and community work has been featured in the New York Times and TechCrunch, NPR, and ABC's Famous 2020. I want you all to welcome here uh, Kara Reed. She is the CEO Women Employed in Cannabis, that's W-E-I-C. How are you doing, Kara? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been excited. Uh, As you know, we've tried to have this conversation a couple times, and and we're finally um, um, uh, getting that uh, correct. And so I, I look, let's Let's have a conversation here about, you know, I'm, I'm really focusing a lot of energy on people's journey before cannabis, okay, and, and give the audience an opportunity to get to know you. And then we're going to really dive into the, the, the cannabis involvement, the WEIC work that you do. And so I, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, let's, let's talk about um, from the beginning right? You grew up in California. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Born and raised Northern California. Mother was a hippie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, give, give me where, where San in Francisco. Northern... I was San born Francisco. in Point Reyes. Okay. Um, a little town in Marin County on the coast. And I know uh, mom yeah. was an active hippie protesting, you know, doing uh-huh. everything that hippies did back then and uh, had me at home. That is it's cool. Do you remember those days very clearly and vividly? No, I don't really have any memories until I was about five or six. Really? Yeah, that's very different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I remember my third birthday party. Wow. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I don't. I don't yeah. have any memories. That yeah, yet. that's. The, I, th- I found that to be different from anybody. From from um, everyone has their own journey there, their own uh, story. But look. So you, you you grew up in in the Bay Area. Your mom was uh, was a hippie, as you called her. But Kara, t- tell me about um, the things you got yourself into. Right, you you know uh, from growing up there. What are some of the things that connected you uh, and and start to build your foundation of who you would become? Well, as is relevant to cannabis, I'll be honest with you. I grew up around people who use cannabis as medicine. There was no stigma. There was no uh, fear of it. It was deeply embraced. So that I think is part of the foundation that we're getting to here, which is how I ended up in cannabis. So, you know, I, I was raised around it. I had it around me my whole life. Um, and that went along with a lot of other fairly open ideas, rebellious ideas. You know, I was always on the fringe, you know, in high yeah. school, I was the goth chick and everything was anti-establishment. Yeah. Um, you know, I hated the jocks, even though I ended up marrying 
the captain of the football team from my high school who I met at my high school reunion. It, I'm, I'm sure he, reunion. he had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So, you know, we moved around a lot. My mom was an army brat, so she kind of yeah. had it in her blood. We moved multiple places in uh, Northern California. I probably, okay. I think I went to about 12 schools in 12 years. Did you really? Yeah. So wow. making new friends was, um, you know, uh, how I had to survive. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's see. I haven't really looked back into that part of my life in yeah. terms of, you know, the foundation I have today, other than. I was a rebel from the start. And uh, that was how I kind of developed my identity was being on the fringe and on the outside of things that were trendy or normal or top 40. You know, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of options when I was younger and in how to express your identity. But the one that was the most in your face punk rock, that was me. Yeah. No, that's that that's that's good to know. And and I think the real uh telling thing is that uh cannabis has just been part of your life from the beginning. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I mean it, this this is this this is this I mean it would be disappointing if you didn't end up where you are. <laughs> Almost, you know, right. Believe me, I've made my parents proud. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. But you you also got into branding, marketing, right? I want to hear about that because that's so valuable. We need that intellect in the cannabis space right now. Well, I came that way through, um, you know, it was kind of an easy thing for me to do when I was younger. I ended up in the marketing jobs at the companies I worked at. And then I left that to, uh, I moved to Portland and I started managing bands. I got really into music. I was in Portland in a time after, uh, grunge. So this yeah. former yeah. music scene that included Portland and Seattle had fractured. And I don't know why I took it upon myself, but I felt like it was important to repair those bridges. So I worked with my band to build a lot of community with other musicians in Portland and Seattle. And right. several of those bands went on to become successful. Mine as well. For a while, we got signed. Um, were I you in the band or you were managing the band? I was managing the band. Okay. I'm, my, I come from a family of musicians, but I am okay. not. I'm the one that organizes and, and gets those things, <laughs> you know, and, and it's that marketing, right? Because I yeah. was their manager. So I had to help brand them. I had to help give them an identity. And I did that after I had produced a documentary about ecstasy. Um, okay. We, we tra- my director traveled all over the world, really getting the story of MDMA. He interviewed uh, Alexander Shulgin and Rick Doblin from MAPS. And it was just, it was a really incredible story. And we were editing when 9-11 happened. And so wow. suddenly the world went from being completely obsessed with ecstasy to who gives a crap. Right. And <clears throat> about two years, so we walked away from it. We couldn't get any funding. No one was interested. And about two years later, uh, Peter Jennings did basically our documentary and, and won an Emmy for it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ecstasy Hold on. Did, did, he, did he call you and say, hey, I'm going to say these words? No, no. What um, we had gone to a music producer um, yeah. who basically took it uh, and sold it. 
right out from underneath us. So, and you know, we're a couple scrappy filmmakers. We don't have money right. for an attorney. We'd let the project go two years before, but it was one of the most gut-wrenching things to watch to my it. film, yeah. same archive footage, oh, edited the goodness. same way, same exact interviews, same storyline. It, it was, it was gut-wrenching. So I And said, they sleep well at night and they sleep well mm-hmm. at night. And that's well, amazing. Know, I don't know that Peter Jennings even knows that that's how right. it came to him. That, that's but- a fair point. You know, it it was really devastating. So I said, forget film. I'm getting into music. I started managing a band, got them to the point where they got signed, got a huge record deal. And then I moved on to um, building something called Little Radio in L.A., which was uh, one of the. What is that? Little Radio. Yeah. what, What is that? Little radio was, it was an internet radio station. It was, you know, came out right at the time of blogging when blogging really took the music industry by storm because it, it redefined what it meant to share music. First of all, Mm -hmm. we had to be, you know, file sharing and all of that, but what blogging did is they, they shared music, but they also shared each other. And it was the first time I'd ever seen something where your competition is actually happily sharing your content and then talking about you in, in the old blog role, right? So you, the blog role used to be where you would list all of the um, other blogs that were similar to yours. And then you would trade and share content. And that really helped to create this massive music scene in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. And that, because we had so much digital music going around and it was new, little radio came and kind of scooped up all of that music and would play it 24 hours a day without any commercial interruptions. And we put on huge parties. And in fact, Shepard Ferry did our logo. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. This was before uh, Obama (laughs) and before the Hope poster. Right. So, you know, we were always doing really cutting edge stuff. I was working. I launched my social media agency. I was working with the Roxy Theater and the Sunset Strip. And we took these really new ideas in 2006 about community building and content sharing. And we took it to the strip, which at that point was just, it was dying. Dying. I remember that. I remember. Yeah. Because I, I, and, in the uh, early part of the 90s, um, I spent a lot of time in L.A., spent some time, some real time on the Sunset Strip, and it was vibrant, right? It was alive. And uh, and then to your point, in the middle 2000s, it was, it was uh, yeah, it was unrecognizable. Yeah. I had Pretty friends much. who would say to me, you know, just because yeah. you're working with the Roxy, do, do not think I'm coming to any of your shows. Like yeah. Sunset Strip is, has been. And the, wow. the owner of the Roxy is the, or was the son of a guy named Lou Adler, who yes. you may know the Monterey Pop Festival. That's right. Uh, Lou Chichi Adler. Chong. I mean, the guy's right. got just a laundry list of incredible bands and festivals he's done. So he handed the club to his son. He owned the club. And it had been a many, probably a decade that Nick had been running it. And I met him through uh, one of the women who worked for him. And I kind of pitched him on these ideas about community building. Mm-hmm. We talked for two hours. He got up at the, at the end of it and he said, look, the one thing I really want to do is I want to host a music festival outside for our 30th anniversary. But on the strip at the Roxy? On the strip at the Roxy? Yep. Yeah. But outside. Outside. And it'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen but I love your ideas. Let's work together. So he really took a chance on all these new ideas about community building and sharing and listening to your audience and using these new tools. I think we were number 12,000 on Twitter at the Roxy. Mm. 
And so these, it got us a ton of press and it just blew the doors down of everything that we had done before. It completely rebranded the Roxy. And then we took these ideas of community and we involved the uh, comedy store and the Viper Room. They had new directors of marketing on who were open to these ideas. And so we started this coalition we called the Social Strip. And we completely revitalized the Sunset Strip using these new tools of sharing and, and um, community. And so we took this strip that not only, you know, was it kind of a has-been road, but right. the road itself was in disrepair because of all the attention that we garnered. Nick won a Beacon Award for bringing the most light to West Hollywood that year. They got a huge grant to redo the whole Sunset Strip road. So it was finally repaired. And by the time my time there was up and I was ready to move on, we were in our seventh year of the Sunset Strip Music Festival, which was the largest music festival in LA while it was running. Wow. Uh, we had, you know, so Nick's dream came true. We were actually yeah. it because we had so much community support. And it was, it was a really remarkable experience that taught me the power of community and what happens when you bring people together under the same cause, instead of creating this competition, you create co-opetition. Yeah. And coalitions. And, and yeah, that, that, that's very powerful. That's, that is effective what you're doing and being mm, successful in. 100%. Uh, today. Where my training We're, was. Uh, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is Carol Reed. She is the CEO of Women Employed in Cannabis, WEIC. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back. Thank you all for joining Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And my guest today is Kara Reed, and she is the CEO of Women Employed in Cannabis, which is WEIC. Uh, she's award-winning. She's a pioneer and an entrepreneur, and she builds coalitions and communities and uh, creates a one plus one equals three concept. Uh, really, you become very powerful uh, in doing it the way she, she leads it. So, hey, look, we just completed speaking about really how you helped put forces together to revitalize the Sunset Strip. Mm -hmm. And uh, it became very, very successful. Then, so that happened. And tell me how, you know, your transition into how cannabis and women and women and cannabis and cannabis and women, how that all came together to create. I mean, you did this five years ago. Mm. WIC 2017, that's a long time ago in cannabis years, right? Very long. <laughs> that's a very long time. These are, you know, that's 40 years in dog years or mm -hmm. whatever, right? So uh, tell me your story of how you came to make this your mission. So towards the end of my time on the Sunset Strip, you know, I'm yeah. working with musicians, I'm working with people in the rock and roll industry. So we were all consumers and uh, we were all fans of cannabis. And okay. in L.A., we had at the time, it was, you know, 2011, 12, 13, 
we had a lot of dispensaries that were questionably legal and many of them wanted, we decided to start a social media agency together and um, we wanted to take on interesting clients. So we talked to several dispensaries. We talked to a couple of product makers and it, as we were approaching, you know, closing the deal, every one of them got raided. So we decided, wow. you know, we maybe we got to put the pin in this and <laughs> focus on music and tech instead. Yeah. So we leaned a lot more into the tech world. And I had found what I didn't realize at the time was sexism in music. But when I moved over to the tech world, it became so nauseatingly blatant that I could not pretend that it wasn't happening anymore. Okay. And start to scream I, at you, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had one guy, I did never met him before. He sent me an email, cold email starts it off. Hey there, little lady. I'd like to have you on a panel. I mean, well, well, you know, what am I supposed to do with that? It's just, it's so disrespectful to address me that way. Yeah. So it started to really bum me out. And I started to react when people would talk to me that way. And then I would tell my girlfriends and they would go, Ooh, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Right. So my girlfriends who are supposed to be backing me up on this are so entrenched that they can't even have my back after the fact. And they want to, and they want to support me and they want to help get me work. And they want to do all these great things that women ideally want to do for each other. Ideally. Yes. You know, there's one seat at the table at a tech company in music, in entertainment. And that woman who has it is not giving it up. And I don't blame her. She had to fight really hard for that mm-hmm. one seat. Right. So there, you're not even really allowed to help your friends because God forbid you recommend the wrong person. It'll come back a hellfire uh, on you that you yeah. did it. Yeah. So we're so stressed out about attaining the position that we want and then maintaining that position that it alienates our friends and what it is we really want. So I started to see this and realize this is not okay with me. I don't want to be a part of an industry where this continues. So I started to kind of back off on doing consulting for larger companies. And Mm -hmm. I focused instead on helping women who were starting their businesses online, because that is one of the amazing things that happened uh, with social media is that so many women were able to start their businesses because it was such a low lift. They could develop their audience. They could do, they could manage a business in the way that women really thrive in relationships as the bottom line, not money as the bottom line. Mm. The relationships lead to the money, but women tend to focus more on building those relationships first. And social media was a perfect vehicle to do that. So I started training women how to build your presence, how to build your brand, how to use community and technology to build your your So give give us, this is great. Because we're all talking about building brands right now, building a personal brands, building the brands that we represent, uh, building our business brands. So what what are some of the keys that you're teaching women to do to build their brands? I haven't, you know, I am a hundred percent WEIC right now, and I'm okay. not focused on that at all. But some of the things that, you know, I think since day one are true yeah. about the internet sure. is authenticity, which I know we hear a lot and can be confusing Mm -hmm. what really is authenticity, Mm -hmm. but it's really digging deep into the, the persona of your brand Mm -hmm. and 
and giving it a voice that is that you can talk about without having to look at your notes that mm-hmm. feels real that feels genuine and as women a lot of times we have this issue with letting other people tell us who we are mm-hmm. and so and and we have this we've been really well trained not to toot our own horn and to let others tell us whether we deserve accolades mm-hmm. or not. And this is where it's a real rub on social media because you've got to step up and you've got to be willing to do that. Right. I mean, the Gen X or Gen Z has no problem with that. They've been oh, raised in an environment. Absolutely. Women my age uh, and even a lot of millennials, it's still a big hurdle to overcome, to talk about yourself publicly and to share your wins and talk about your product and ask people for money. All of these basic things can be very, very challenging for a woman. Yeah. You know, something uh, that it just dawned on me was that um, that work that you, you've, you've done with building brands with women um, that has to be part of the WEIC, right? I mean, because these women have to build their brands uh, t- to be successful. And so yes. it's still some of the fundamentals of it must apply. Yeah, they do. But it's like on the scale of value and importance, it's so low because most women who run businesses in this industry are first focused on regulations, second focused on sourcing and product delivery and staffing. And there's so much other pressure in this industry just to get on the shelf, just to get your license. Right. That branding and marketing is sometimes not even on the table. And I had a really interesting interview myself on my podcast yesterday with a woman who's a retail specialist. And we were talking about the lack of, you know, I mean, I drive down the road here in California, Highway 99, and we've got tons of billboards from uh, dispensaries and they all look like cut and paste. Yeah. Their messaging yeah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. They're missing it doesn't. information, ugly yeah. photos. It's like, yeah. you're not dry, pulling me in with that. But the industry, yes, we need marketing, but it's product is selling. And I've talked to so many dispensary owners and product makers, and that's what they tell me. It sells. Why do I need to do any more? It sells. Well, that's a defeatist attitude. I'll tell you, I think that's, that's going to come back and and bite the folks that, that are not stepping up because you create value through brands. And, and to, to do that, you have to communicate with specific segments of the population to make that work and to bring that forward. And that's unfortunate. And that's great news for me that that's part of the attitude out there. That is part of the problem. Carol, that is part of the problem Absolutely. that we're having in, in building brands that consumers identify with and are sustainable in the cannabis industry. You know, you can't, you're right. There's a hell of a lot to do. Right. There's a lot to do in running a cannabis business. It may be the hardest thing whoever's doing that has ever done in their life. Right. Absolutely. You still can't you can't leave what's important behind because you're doing something extremely hard. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem. And we need to we need to fix that. We need to fix that problem. Right. That's that's very, um, uh, very important. So I want to talk about the WEIC. Okay. Okay. And I want to, I want to start out by you giving us what's your mission? What, what is the mission of the organization? 
Our mission is to provide resources, mm -hmm. um, networking, and support to women working in the cannabis industry around the world where cannabis is legal. Okay. I'm going to ask you one question and we're going to, we're going to go for a break. Are you also working with women who are not in cannabis that want to be in cannabis? Yes. If you're interested in the cannabis, if you're in hemp, CBD, okay. psychedelics, or you're exploring entering either of those industries, right. you're welcome here. All right. Great. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits and Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is Kara Reed, and she is the CEO of Women Employed in Cannabis, the WEIC. So we'll be right back. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Kara Reed, and she is the CEO of Women Employed in Cannabis, the WEIC. Look, you're helping women, Kara. You're helping women who are interested to employed in cannabis. Tell us, what are you helping them do? Well... Do you remember back in the day when there were gentlemen's clubs where men would go, women were not allowed to enter, and they would smoke cigars and drink whiskey and hook each other up with deals, yeah. Yeah. right? Jobs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I want WEIC to be for women. And okay. Not, you know, we're not anti-man, we're pro-woman. So we are yeah. focused on helping women to succeed in this industry however they feel they want to do that. If it's a woman who's a bud tender entering mm -hmm. at the entry level who wants to take a career in cannabis and, you know, one day own her own business or be the CEO of an MSO, that is all possible. If you recognize the fact that you are working in the cannabis industry and you lean in to the tools and people that are here to help you succeed in your career. Without okay. WEIC, there is no on-ramp to the cannabis industry for women. You're thrown in, good luck. What we're trying to do is let women know, come through this door and we will help you build your tribe. We'll get help you get questions answered. You are not alone. And no matter your background, your ethnicity, your mm -hmm. race, your right. sexual orientation, you are welcome here if you are a woman and you want support. That's great. So you, you guys have grown to what, 15,000 members or more, yeah. right? So yeah, it's we're a, spread out. Yeah, we're spread out across four it's international. groups and a LinkedIn group. It's international, right? International, yeah. International. It's global business. Okay, yep. great. So what, tell me about some of the support mechanisms you have in place. You, you talked about, you gave me a list, but, mm -hmm. but give me examples of, of how, if I came to you, or is it an association? Do you join uh, like an association, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so you join, a, a woman joins like an association, becomes a member. Mm -hmm. There's member privileges. Mm -hmm. And there's things you can plug into, I'm sure. So give, give us some examples of, uh, lay that out for us a little bit. Sure. So the first thing we invite women to do is join our free Facebook group. It's okay. called Women Empowered in Cannabis. Uh -huh. And we share our wins, our social statuses. We share, um, it's really more about asking for help and questions. So if you are new and you want to look for people in your area, 
Um, mm-hmm. I just approved a post today that a woman's looking for a new uh, gummy making machine, right? So yeah. there's a lot of ways that women need help and they don't really know where to turn. You know, you've got this question, you need to meet that person. Where do you go? You come right. to our Facebook group, introduce yourself, participate in the conversation and get the help that you need there. So that's, that's all. That's number one. That's okay. what we invite everyone to come. Okay. Now, if you want to get deeper involved in the community and really start to get some of those benefits, you join the membership. And with that, there are several things that you get. The first is you get cannabis career coaching and education. So right now we host two events a month that are virtual. Mm-hmm. So anyone can mm-hmm. attend from anywhere. The first mm-hmm. one is our cannabis career coaching that we host with Oaksterdam University. So one of the key things to our success is partnering, collaborating with other like companies, right? Something I learned back in my Sunset Strip days about yes. the power of collaboration. So we work with Oaksterdam University to produce these really incredible events where we bring CEOs, COOs, and founders of whatever topic we're talking about. So last month, it was packaging and distribution. This month, actually today, it's about brands with a cause. How do you build a brand with a cause to be successful? Mm -hmm. And we invite women speakers to come. They do a presentation. They talk about what's happening today that's relevant. It's not education. It's not a curriculum. It is here is what is happening today in this topic that you need to know about to be successful and relevant. And -hmm. then the women can ask questions. And that is really, that is the first kind of, um, you know, gentleman's club version of what we're doing so that women have access to the right people that can give them real answers to the things that are important to them today. The next series that we do is called Powering Up. And here we're focused on how do we keep women at the front of the line? How do we Mm -hmm. keep them from being pushed back into irrelevance because they don't have the information they need about this topic? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we're tackling is crypto, NFTs, Web3, and the metaverse. So we have two women who are experts in that, who are in the cannabis industry, who once a month bring guests and they talk about, all right, I guess this month we're actually doing how to build your crypto wallet. Mm -hmm. So women get to learn from women who speak their language, who work in the cannabis industry, how to look at this through the lens of the cannabis industry, which is where we need help because blockchain is coming to cannabis. Absolutely. are coming to cannabis. And if women don't know how to work with those tools, we're pushed to the back of the line Mm -hmm. and it inhibits our ability to create wealth. This is good. So those are two, the Mm -hmm. next series for powering up will start in September and it's going to be about the emerging psychedelic industry, right? Because how many of us work in cannabis and don't understand psychedelics as an industry yet? Right. So these are two of our events. We will be adding more. Okay. We also do every six months a virtual networking event okay. where we work with numerous um, women's groups around the country, again, creating co-opetition. Mm-hmm. And we all bring our members to network uh, together virtually. Uh, we also host with Tokativity. We do House of Jane from time to time. Um, we did a big uh, house actually when we were in Vegas in 2019 together. Um, so there's there are those events. And we host numerous events. We also host the MJ or the um, 
uh, women's lounges. We just launched our first one at MJ Unpacked last month. It was a huge success. We're going to, we've also got a deal with Canacon. It looks like we're going to be showing up at several of their events next year, creating a place for women to just get off the trade show floor, Mm -hmm. relax, take a beat, take a meeting, network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of these things are free for WEIC members. We also have discounts. I can't tell you how many conferences um, and and even our members. I want to give discounts to people. I, I want to give tickets away. I want to, you know, people are constantly coming to us wanting to provide things to our members. So that's what you get. Also get. We're working right now on putting a really interesting healthcare package together. Um, we also have a membership site, and the mm. membership site is really. I, I've learned enough to know not to try to recreate Facebook or recreate my own social network, but it's really becoming a place where women can post things they can't post on Facebook because they're reaching deep into our group and taking content out. It's prohibiting women censoring women from just showing their work, being out in the field with their flower. I've had Mm -hmm. several of those images knocked out of our group. So this is a place for women to kind of in our own space, connect, um, share information, share what we do, find women by location. Let's see. So we've got discounts. We have events. We mm-hmm. have our membership site and we share the heck out of who you are. You know, we celebrate our members. If you have wins, you have priority and posting in the groups and we are about to launch subgroups. So it's a new feature that we're trying out in Facebook. So if you are a member, then you have access to exclusive groups around the supply chain, um, testing and compliance around mm-hmm. the business of cannabis, which is the ancillary part. Right. And we're going to be launching several more exclusive subgroups as we go on. Plus, you're part of an organization that is supporting women. So you have all of us at your disposal for whatever help you may need. Do you need help finding a job? Do you need help finding employees? Do you need help locating equipment? Do you need to know somebody? All of that is possible through WEIC. Right. So are there any opportunities for men? to be part of your network. You can support us. How, how would they support you? Financially. Okay. And we have sponsorships. One of the big things that I'm trying to get to happen here is I want business owners to buy memberships for their women. Because what happens is if you support the women in your business and buy them a membership, they can then attend every month education events that will teach them about what's happening in the industry, give them the opportunity to network and give them access to women leading in the industry. You're empowering that woman to understand the industry better and expand her network. How is that not good for your business? No, I, that, that is totally good for your business. Yeah. So that's how you can, how men can support WEIC by memberships for the women in your organization Mm -hmm. and support their education and support their building their network because it will only benefit your business. Right. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Uh, That is very interesting. I think that is awesome uh, on what services you're providing uh, opportunities for women to actually plug in and, and, and really get some real results. Right. And, and get some things done that's relevant to progressing them in their cannabis careers. I want to uh, add one thing, if you don't mind. Please. 
So one of the things that I love the absolute most about the cannabis mm -hmm. industry is that everyone needs everyone. And by that, mm -hmm. what I mean is in, in old industries, it, when you were at a networking event, uh, you've got two minutes to tell me how you're going to benefit me or I'm moving on, right? right. You remember the Brett thing, Oh, right? absolutely. Put yeah. you in a room with cannabis people. Doesn't matter where they're from, their gender, background, ex you're going to talk. If you're both in the industry, it doesn't matter. You're not there to look and see, are you going to give me business in the next five minutes? Right. Because that person could have keys to something you need information on, right? right? Whether it's a nurse or a guy in manufacturing or the head of a new company, we all have things to share. We are all in this boat together, no matter what part of the industry you work in. And that is so incredible that we can all come together, regardless of what we do, and share valuable information with each other. It creates a community unlike anything I have ever experienced. And that is very true for WEIC. In this group, you are welcome, regardless of your background, social status, economic status, are you new to the industry, whatever. We are here to support each other because that is the only way that women are going to succeed, really thrive in this industry. And it's the only way that cannabis is going to continue to be held by the people who built it and not the corporations. I love it. Yeah, that's that's a passionate speech, Karen, about uh, what, what uh, your goal is. I want some clarification, though. Okay. 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 Clarify for me, what does success look like for WEIC, when do you know you're you're ringing the bell? Well, I know that I'm ringing the bell right now. Um, I just won an award for women's leadership in activism from Green Market Report, so that's an indication that we're doing well. Mm -hmm. The number of emails, text messages, approaches I get in public. I, I'm such a fangirl of what you're doing. Thank you. I met my business partner. I solved this problem. We're helping. So mm -hmm. from my perspective as a CEO, yes. financially, we're not there yet. We need help and we're looking for funding because if we don't get the money that we need to keep going, we're done. We're yeah. done, people. So mm -hmm. get off your ass and start funding women or organized companies because if not, I'm going down and so are a lot of other women who aren't getting the money that they need. So. No, that's great. Are people responding to that plea? Say that again. Are people actually responding no. to your heartfelt plea? No. Yeah, for 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 cash, for money nope. to nope. get this thing nope. done. I can't even get people who've said we want to help to respond to my emails. And I help a lot of women in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. What about other women writing mm. checks? Mm -hmm. How's that going? I think. Yeah. I, do, I mean, it's you think yeah. the doctor is calling the guy, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yep. and that's not working either. No, no. Mm -hmm. What does that tell us? I mean, that's 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 screaming at us something. What does that tell us that women won't help women? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is that telling us? They don't have the courage to do it. I don't know. I really don't know, because we'll see how many companies have been funded, run by men. Yeah. in this industry that have failed, that have mm -hmm. wasted millions of yeah. dollars frivolously yeah. 
Yes. And you look at women-owned organizations and they are constantly pinching pennies. They are constantly working out how to save money, how to do things on the cheap, how to do right. things free so that they can control, so they can maintain the mm-hmm. ownership of their business because God forbid the investors get wind that, you know, they're not spending the money the right way. Mm-hmm. They're done. I have so many women who've come to me and said, I built it. My blood, sweat, and tears built it, got the mm-hmm. application, got the community support. The investors came along and patted me on the head and took it away. Yeah. So Kara, let's, let's just talk you and I here. Okay. You're the CEO. Mm-hmm. What do you got to do differently? What needs to happen? What would something's there's got to be a change. I, well, I'll tell you what, okay. I came up with the four P's because of okay. this, because okay. I don't know what I can do to change the scale for women who need money. Okay. Right. I, I don't know what to do. And I don't know anybody that can answer that question. And mm-hmm. I don't, and the other problem we have is getting promoted because we were at 37% women in the C-suite in 2017, and we're now at 22%. We went above national average mm. to below national average. So these are two major problems that women are having finding success in cannabis. Mm-hmm. I created the four Ps, mm-hmm. pay, promote, partner, and protect. Right. These are four ways that you can take action. Everyone can take action today to change the scale for women. Pay, for instance, multiple things we can do. Number one, next time you go to the dispensary, every time you go to the dispensary, where are the women-owned products? Where are the BIPOC products? Mm -hmm. I want to see them front and center. Be a pain in the ass at the dispensary. Ask for it and buy it. That makes a difference in a woman's life. Big difference, right? When When you hire somebody to be your accountant or your doctor, Anywhere in the world, look for women first. Why not? Look for mm-hmm. women first. Give them a chance first because people don't generally do that. So there are a lot of different things that we can do. Another really important thing under promote, women need to start talking about women in a positive way. We need to share the great stories of women so that when we hear the success of women, it's not an unusual thing to hear. It's just becomes commonplace because we're so used to so many women killing it in this industry. So there are things that we can do, but I don't know how to change money. I really do right. not know how yeah. to change that. It's perplexing. Uh, your story. No, it's here. not, Vern. You know, you know, and I know. White men sit across the table from the person that's asking for money, and if they don't see themselves in you. You're not getting the money. And that is proven by the number of companies that have gone belly up and taken down numerous companies with them who were run by men who overspent money on frivolous things. Unfortunately, there's truth in your speak. And um, well, you, you know that you, you're on a mission. You, you do have a recipe here and uh, for success. And I'm wishing, I'm glad we played a role in getting the word out more about what your mission is at WEIC. And I really, you know, women employed in cannabis is a, is a very important thing. And all I can say is that, hey, at Protus Global, we work in the cannabis space, my company, and we're in uh, talent, obviously talent acquisition. And at the end of the day, um, we help by placing women in, in executive level roles in cannabis companies. So I think that's really, really important. And um, do you find that easy to do? Do you find that people come to you saying we want women or that they're willing to look at the women candidates that you put in front of them? 
I have, I have, uh, I have really good clients and they, they want women, right? They want, they understand the power of diversity, right? So look at me, uh, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you just take, take a look at, look at me and you, you'll see that um, if, if that wasn't who you, you were uh, and, and you understood that uh, that equals power, diversity equals power, you probably wouldn't entertain me either. Mm. So I, but you I, know, what's really sad, Vern, yeah. if we look at statistics, see numbers are amazing because numbers, they don't lie. And when people get on my case about bitching about women not getting money, I say three to 8% a year. I, it isn't mm. how I feel. It's fact. Yeah. But if you look at how successful women owned and uh, black people owned mm-hmm. businesses, right. they have higher return on investment, faster return on investment, mm-hmm. lower turnover of employees, happier employees, right? A lot of the things that cost businesses money, we understand and we create businesses that are stable and solid. And that is the biggest issue that I have. We have proven ourselves. Yeah. And you yeah. still won't give us money. Yeah. There you go. You guys heard it from Kara Reed, CEO, Women Employed in Cannabis, the WEIC. And Kara, thank you for being on our show today. And we really want you to come back. And I really want uh, the story to change. You know, I, when, yeah, when you come back, we'd really like to hear more about how people are opening their, their checkbooks and support uh, of the cause and, and that 37 to 22% that decline that we've seen uh, reverses and the number of women that are employed in leadership roles in the cannabis company. So um, that is a big opportunity um, and understanding that uh, really uh, there is going to be a consolidation. The mass consolidation is coming in the industry and there's going to be fewer of those jobs, but those jobs are going to be bigger and, and even more impactful. So that's a reality. And that is, that is coming, coming. So thank you all for joining us. And, and I want you to really download episodes of plant profits. I'm your host, Vern Davis, and we've done well over a hundred episodes of this show. And, and uh, you can pick the ones you want to to listen to, but please find this one when this one is released, and we'll you'll all know when it will be released. Um, my conversation with Kara Reed, the CEO of Women Employed in Cannabis, and uh, you can uh, find us on cannabisradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, Apple, Spotify, iHeart doesn't matter. Any major um, platform. Um, for podcasts, we are there. And then you can follow Protus Global, my company, uh, on all social network and social media platforms, LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, etc. We are there and you can find us and you can really take a look at and, and finally learn how we're changing people's lives and what we do and how we're helping build successful companies uh, and what we do. And that's protusglobal.com, P R O. T-I-S global.com. Until next time, see you all later. Cheers.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.